Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. living life as a gringo where you question where you fit and every time you mingle they say you do this with not enough that my rapping is really bad <laughs> this life as a gringo yes hello and welcome to another episode of life as a gringo i am dramos of course it is thursday so it means it's time for our thursday trends episode and on the show today we have family he is a former congressional candidate an attorney and anti-money laundering specialist, and I think our resident political pundit and also resident attorney here on the show, Hector Oseguera. How you feeling, my bro? Feeling great, man. Always happy to see you and glad to be on the show. Of course, man. And and I, I've been trying to get you on. I know you. we've had some crazy scheduling going back and forth because, bro, there's just so much shit happening right now. I always appreciate your perspective. So we're going to try and tackle a, as much of it as we can today. Um, man, because we'll we'll talk about a lot of the 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 negative and nonsense that that has happened this last week. I mean, I'm I'm sure you've been following the story of the American tourists that got kidnapped in Mexico, and, and sadly, yeah. um, two of them are no longer with us. You, you also have um, on the political side of things this sort of, I mean, I don't know if it's a bombshell because we all knew it, but this lawsuit with Fox News where a lot of internal conversations are coming to light and sort of uh, validating much of what we already knew. So we'll get into that. Um, you got Ron DeSantis over here. Man, just getting getting ready for what it seems like to make his presidential bid. And, and he's trying to um, out MAGA Donald Trump, it feels like, uh, in preparation for that. So we'll talk about that. 
And then student loan forgiveness, something that you've been calling Biden to do for a long time. It now is is sort of just like up in the air right now. There's the Supreme Court kind of uh, waiting to rule on it. There's now a a separate lawsuit that's happening uh, as well with one of the um, the the companies as far as student loan payments, the pause that has been ongoing. So it's kind of a mess. So I would love for you to kind of break that down for us um, with your your attorney expertise. And then on a positive side of things, we're going to celebrate somebody from our community who has been making a stand for the LGBTQ plus community, um, which is particularly important with all of just the crazy bills that are being proposed throughout the country right yes. now that that really are trying to set us decades back, it feels like. Um, so, man, with, without further ado, let, let's get into it because there's so much shit to get into today. And we'll, we'll start with the nonsense, the BS in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say it louder for the people in the back. All right, man. So let's start here with with one of the heavier stories, but it's one that is is you know at the front page of, of every news um, outlet right now, and, and rightfully so. You know, it's these um, American tourists that were kidnapped in in Mexico. They're they're saying that well, they 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 went missing last Friday after a kidnapping, which officials think was the case of mistaken identity. Um, two of the tourists were sadly found dead, while the other two. Uh, are alive, one of which is in critical condition. Um, and, and they're thinking that they mistook them for Haitian drug smugglers, which obviously is a, a tragic story in itself. But I also think it brings up a bigger conversation and, and shout out to, to WeAreMeToo.com for, for writing about this. The idea of medical tourism, right? And how common practice it's become for people in the States to have to go to other countries in order to have procedures taken care of and and that was what what happened with this case right now you had one of the 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 victims here um latavia washington mcgee she traveled to mexico for a tummy tuck um and and her friends essentially came along with her for for what was supposed to be just this routine procedure and a part of this this bigger conversation you know they talk about how in mexico alone more than one million americans cross the border for some kind of medical procedure more than a million right and and it's because Americans on average expect to pay 40 to 90% less on yes. common medical procedures in a place like Mexico. It is now generating millions of dollars for the Mexican government and it's continued to rise. And, and before I get you take the last stat, I want to throw in there because people will look at a place like Mexico and talk about like, of course, it's so cheap. They're a third world country who has barely any resources and, a, and probably an outdated medical system. Well, when you when you pull out the stats, and this is according to a report from uh, the Ligatum Institute, they say that the U.S. actually ranks 68th in global health care with Mexico ranking right behind it at 79th. Right. So mm. we with our elitist attitudes are not even top 50 when it comes to global uh, health care. Yeah. Yet we probably are w- among the most expensive in the entire world, if not the most expensive. Um, and a place like Mexico, where it's charging 40 to 90 percent less is 79th, not far behind us on that that ranking. I mean, this whole story as a whole, all that you're hearing, this larger conversation, which I know you've always been an advocate for when it comes to healthcare. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts when you see something like this and hear about it? 
So number one, it's very tragic that two people lost their lives um, in something that's very common in today's world. I'm sure you know, I definitely know, and I'm sure the viewers know somebody who's gone either to Colombia or to Mexico mm -hmm. to get some sort of procedure done. And that's become more and more common. Right now, we have this problem in America, which has pervasive been pervasive for many decades, which is we have a very expensive healthcare system where mm -hmm. for the very, very rich, you can get anything you want. But for everybody else, you're paying exorbitant prices. So what do people do? They do what you and I do in our normal lives. They go shopping, right? You go for the lower price. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, people go to countries where you may not be familiar with the conditions there, or you may not know what's going on in that very country. Mm -hmm. A lot of men go to the Middle East um, to do like hair transplants or to get their hairline right. back. And, and they don't know the conditions of the countries that they're going to. They may think, you know, it's just like America. I could do whatever I want. But you come to find out in other countries, they have very different customs and mm -hmm. things are going on in a very different way. And if you're not sort of adept to what's going on, you can easily look like a target, look like an American with a lot of money or mm -hmm. whatever and get caught up. So this is something that sort of touches two major issues that I talk about a lot. Obviously, you have healthcare because we have this very expensive system that, as you said, with your statistic, is not really doing much for the people. Mm -hmm. That's why I've always been an advocate for a Medicare for all system, which creates a sort of floor where people could get basic. You know, there's so many drugs that people cross the border to get regular prescriptions filled mm -hmm. in places like Mexico or Canada because it's so much cheaper. For what reason? Just because of our industry. So that's one issue. But you also have the issue of foreign policy. And a lot of times we destabilize these governments. America is very involved in the Mexican government, in the Colombian government, when it comes to overseas drug cartel operations. We destabilize these governments. We make these unsafe places. And that contributes to making these things cheaper. So I think that we have to not only look at our bloated healthcare system, but look mm -hmm. at the American war machine and how America gets involved in places like Latin America and how those create the conditions for people to think that they can go to these countries for something cheaper when, in fact, you're putting yourself at a very significant risk that you may not even be aware of. Sure. sure. Yeah. And and all great points. And and I also want to even just go a, a bit deeper into some of the numbers, because I think you'll have a lot of people who say, well, don't go and try to get this cosmetic surgery done and you'll be fine. Right. But we're actually talking about normal procedures as well, like a hip replacement, which in the U.S. costs twenty eight thousand dollars on average, where in Mexico, it's twelve thousand five hundred. Um, they have a, a shoulder replacement surgery. They're listing the prices here on, on We Are Me Too. $24,500 in Mexico, $9,500, right? These right. are essential, essential things. I mean, open heart right. surgery in the U.S., right. $64,000 in Mexico, $24,000, right? So beyond the conversation of cosmetic surgery, there are people who are going there literally because their lives are depending on it, right? Or their ability to live a, a good quality of life. You know, my my grandmother is somebody who needed a hip replacement, you know, right. um, and, and you know, ended up getting it because it was such a crucial surgery for her own survival to be able to be right. able to get around and, and be self-sufficient, you know. Um, but that she's lucky she had insurance that covered it. If she didn't, what would be the options at that point? You have no choice but to risk your life Overseas. going somewhere where you are potentially a target, like you said, um, yeah. because... You have no other choice in a, a country that is is just squeezing the man, just squeezing every last penny out of, out of you. 
and where they allow capitalism to even exist in the hospital system, in the emergency room system. It's just, it's crazy. So the ironic thing is that the conditions are being made unsafe by two cartels in two different countries. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, you have the drug cartels that make things unsafe. And in America, you have the pharmaceutical cartel that is what's making things unsafe here. And so, yeah, you have these exorbitant prices being charged because these people don't face competition. It's essentially a monopoly and they all play with each other to, to basically make sure that these very basic procedures are so expensive that people are choosing to go overseas and look for cheaper prices. But yeah, I, th- I think that that's a major issue that we need to look at here in America is how, to what extent we have a pharmaceutical and a healthcare cartel that is ruining our economy and making things unsafe, not just for us here in America, but internationally. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a great way way to put it, the, the healthcare cartel that exists in this country and then i mean i've talked about this before i'll I'll leave it like even you're not even able to see a doctor easily anymore it's a nurse practitioner right and there's there's no shade at nurse practitioners but you're being asked to do the job of somebody who had to go to a lot more schooling and pay a lot more money and you're getting paid half of what those people you know are are getting paid just and having tons of pressure on you that you are not properly trained for um because they're just figuring out a way to make it as profitable as possible for the people who are the investors in these staffing companies, essentially. Yeah. Um, all right, so so moving on from from our our just fucked healthcare system right now. There's no other way to put it. Let's let's talk a bit about our political system and our media in general, mm. right? Where you have a gigantic media outlet like Fox News, which is, um, if I'm not mistaken, ranked as the number one media outlet as far as ratings go. You have somebody yep. like Tucker Carlson beating out. Um, like the late night show with Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert or, or anything like that. Now, Fox News is being sued by Dominion Voting Systems as a part of uh, a defamation suit where Fox News was essentially smearing the Dominion uh, machines and saying that they were essentially corrupted in the 2020 election, right? And that there was fraud right. because of, of the Dominion machines. And as a result, People have had to turn over their personal conversations of text messages and people have had to go under oath and answer honestly about shit that they lie about on the air. One of the, not even, again, not surprising, but it's crazy to see it in in writing. Tucker Carlson, who's obviously one of the more popular people on that network, um, even voiced his own disdain for Donald Trump behind the scenes while propping him up in front of the camera, uh, saying things that uh, like via text, like, quote, I hate him passionately. This is a quote that he sent to one of his colleagues. Another one is, what he's good at is destroying things. He's the undisputed world champion of that. He could easily destroy us if we play it wrong. And and one of the other things he said was, we are very, very close to being able to ignore Donald Trump most nights. Uh, and this was him to just two days before January 6th, uh, the, the Capitol riot. And, and the last thing he said was, I truly can't wait uh, in regards to being able to ignore Donald Trump. On the air, though, Donald Trump is um, the, this country's only last saving grace uh, before we, we end up, um, you know, in, in the dump somewhere, the woke mob before they destroy this country. Donald Trump is our last hero. Um, he won the election and it's not even close. There was all types of fraud. Um, I didn't read it here, but there's even a text where he acknowledges that there was not enough fraud that would have uh, actually swayed the election in Joe Biden's favor. <sighs> We knew all this shit was fake. Now it's coming to light. 
Do you think this actually changes anything at all in the current political landscape? You know, like, are, are we too far gone or do you think people may have a reckoning after seeing this? You know, I wish I wish I could say that there would be a reckoning for this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sort of touching on the stories that we're going to talk about later on is that there's a lot of polarization in this country. And the very people that you would want to be hearing about this story have mm-hmm. closed themselves off to it or say mm-hmm. it's not a big deal or the sure. media is portraying it in a different way or yeah. it's not true or it's just not true. Right. No. Mm-hmm. You know, you have laid bare the contempt that people like Tucker Carlson and Rupert Murdoch have for their viewers, right? They, they're they like, our viewers don't want the truth. They want us to spoon feed them good feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do. Even if it's a lie, even if we know that it's a lie, we know that our audience will not react well to the truth. Those sorts of people are, by definition, not going to you know, even absorb the story that we're talking about and think to themselves, Tucker Carlson is lying to me because it's what I want to hear. Maybe that's what they want. You know, you know, we're in a very strange and unfortunate place as a country where we are dividing up into these silos. And it's hard to find places that sort of intercept those silos and and really affect everyone or or where people are all looking at the same thing and agreeing on what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. I wish I could say that the Fox News audience or the people that they were talking about in those text messages would care or listen to this sort of stuff, but they really don't, they won't, and they're going to keep voting for Trump and they're going to keep watching Fox News. And and that's sort of the world that we've unfortunately come to live in. I think we have to learn to find ways to deal with the situation or or what are we going to do to break the situation instead of like hoping that half of the country will wake up one day and say, I was wrong this whole time because I'm frankly just not waiting for that to happen. And I don't think it is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think um I wouldn't hold my breath if that's what's going to happen either. I mean, and and actually some um Hassan Minaj when he was hosting the Daily Show, he brought up a really good point of it's almost like at this point the viewers are the ones in control, right? Because there Absolutely. were other leaked messages where Tucker Carlson was discussing how he was fearful that they would actually leave him and leave Fox News to go to a more extreme news outlet. I believe it was okay. Newsmax was the one that he was yeah. referencing. Um so it's almost like they've created this monster and they're no longer in control of the monster, right? Like the monster is steering the ship and they're just trying to hold on for dear life so they don't get eaten alive by by this monster they created. It's like Frankenstein essentially at this point, right? And definitely it's it's a really fucking weird and surreal place to be living in at this point where, you know, they this media outlet essentially is is just has just given away all their power and 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 they themselves don't know what the fuck to do at this point like they can't even backtrack on it and i'd I'd even be curious from a legal standpoint because this is a multi-billion dollar lawsuit um from from dominion if fox news loses that's obviously a big chunk of change they do have a board they have investors people are going to question look how much money we're potentially losing now is this a healthy business model anymore but beyond that you know, even beyond this lawsuit, do you think with some of this stuff coming out legally, could Fox News then be held um, accountable and maybe like a civil lawsuit from some of the January 6th riders and saying that Fox News was a part of programming their their brain or, or told them lies and that's why they did these things? I mean, are they open, do you think, legally to any other sort of lawsuits that could stockpile as a result of something like this if they were to lose uh, to Dominion? 
Right. So this lawsuit is very interesting because in America, you know, because you have the First Amendment, things like um, libel and slander, they become very, you have a high bar. It's hard to prove those things because we want people to have the freedom to speak their minds in a certain way. Where that changes is where you have done damage to somebody in the way that Dominion is saying you slandered our name as a business and now we might lose business because of it. You know, losing your freedom might also come in as a as a damage if, if you say this person almost like a conspiracy this person recruited me to commit a crime sure you know you certainly could get some interesting legal theories where people could say you know i i was following their instructions or i was listening to what they were saying and, and they induced me to commit this crime I, I certainly see something like that um being not being outside of the realm of possibility yeah i, I mean and and unfortunately that's what it's going to take right because that's really all you, you're never going to appeal to their conscience. You're never no. going to appeal to the fact that they are just hurting this country uh, just to get ratings. You have to hit them where it hurts, their pockets. And when their investors begin pulling out and when advertisers no longer want to spend money with them because it's a liability, that is when they will sort of change their tune. And, and like you said, I mean, it's, it's all in the realm of legal theories and what you can sort of convince um, a, a court in court, you know, what you can kind of prove in court. And and having a judge sort of rule in your favor of that, but uh, it, it's definitely interesting. And I, I'm I'm curious to see when this whole thing ends, um, if there is like the snowball effect of people coming after them um, when they sort of see the, the wounded giant at that point and, and know that there's blood in the water. Um, no, definitely, and, bro. Yeah. I appreciate and and I wanted to bring up this instance that I think you know you would be very interested to look at is that in 08, um, mm-hmm. when John McCain was running against Obama, there was this time that he went to a town hall. And he was confronted by people who you might say watch too much Fox News. Sure. There was talk about Obama being a Muslim and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. And in that moment, you know, I'm no fan of John McCain, but you saw a person who basically said to themselves, like, I have a choice to make right now. I could either mm-hmm. feed into this or I could tell this person, like, no, actually, this is not correct. And I'm not standing by what you're saying. Right. Right. John McCain in that moment made the decision of I'm going to stand by my morals, my principles. I'm going to tell this person in front of me who probably wants to vote for me. I'm going to tell them you're lying and you're wrong and you shouldn't say those things. Do you think, I mean, I guess we've seen that Tucker Carlson and Fox News don't have that instinct and Mm -hmm. given that moment, put it in that moment and said, you know, you can either hurt the country and benefit yourself or you can hurt yourself and benefit the country. We know what choice that they've made. And so we're Mm going to have to, again, deal with the consequences of that. Yeah, absolutely. And there and there has to be consequences because, you know, when I was uh, doing radio full time, like we could be charged for inciting a riot if we tell a group of people to go somewhere and some crazy shit breaks out and there wasn't proper measures with permits and security and things like that. We could be liable for what happens there, just like Travis Scott, you know, with the, right. the concert that happened, just like you see artists sometimes arrested um, during their performances for inciting riots, right, for for in, uh, antagonizing the crowd to do things that would put their safety at risk. So right. there there has to be, in my mind, obviously not being attorney, there has to be a way to begin correlating things like that, even though maybe it's unprecedented. To me, it's one and the same at that point. You are instigating people to take violence into their own hands and action into their own hands because you're telling them their safety is at risk at this point. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch as all these things um, unfold. So I want to dive into a few more topics, man, but let's pause for a second. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. 
Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. Now, another kind of interesting thing that we're, we're watching is Ron DeSantis. And uh, Ron DeSantis has not officially made himself a Republican um, you know, candidate for, for president yet, but he's doing all the things right now to get himself the national attention that he he's going to need in order to give Trump a run for his money. Now, he's been laying out his top priorities for his second term here as as a, you know, uh governor of of Florida. He's also within that talked about just crazy shit, you know, that that he wants to to do. You know, he has urged or endorsed proposals that um are really just obvious culture war, you know, topics and that's why he's he's walking that line right now, you know, talking about uh, restricting abortion even further, um, talking about allowing concealed firearms in public without training, 
Um, and, 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 and also, you know, he's has bills that are targeting things like drag shows, you know, and, and this so-called like woke banning his, his war yeah. on wokeness that he has, yeah. um, going on, you know, and, and, and his, his reasoning is obvious bullshit, but he's talking, he says things like our schools must deliver a good education, not a political indoctrinization. It's sad that we have to say this, but our children are not guinea pigs for science experimentation, and we cannot allow people to make money off mutilating them. And um, he's referencing a lot of different things like uh, what's going on in the trans community as far as uh, procedures that could be done. He also was taking aim at COVID and, and the things like that. Um, he's got a, a bill addressing K-12 through schools uh, where teachers cannot be told that they must use a student's preferred uh, name and pronouns. He, he obviously all the hot button topics that is scaring, you know, Republican voters around the country, the boogeyman that's been created. He's personally making a very public attack of them. And we saw the stunt with the migrants and shipping them off. He's even asking for more funding so that he can continue to do more of that. I mean, seeing all that he is is doing. Are you concerned with? Ron DeSantis potentially making this run and, and kind of how do you how far do you think he could take all of this in general from the presidency? Um, but I guess also what it means as a whole, where it sets a precedent for other governors around the country to start um, coming up with stupid shit and, and ridiculous bills like him. Right. And in that sense, I am very, very concerned because people living in Florida are being subjected to this. I find it very ironic when he says that he's doing things for the benefit of the children in Florida, because Florida, if you look up the stats, is one of the most poorly educated states in the country. They don't spend mm -hmm. a lot on their public education. So it's weird for him to say something like that because normally, especially Republicans, are not known for funding public education. Mm -hmm. um, but it does concern me that there are people in those states that are being subjected to, you know, either bigoted laws when it comes to the trans community or just attempts to institutionalized white supremacy, which in a lot of ways is what he's done, you know, with um, saying that certain topics can't be talked about in Florida schools, such as slavery and, and mm -hmm. things of that sort. Um, yeah, banning books. Banning books essentially is, is a very known authoritarian tactic throughout history. You know, what sorts of people ban books? It's it's not the heroes in history. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, these are these are very concerning things. And we're seeing our country slide into these two different countries. And, and that bothers me a lot. And it, and it certainly worries me a lot because that is not the vision that we have for this country. Like, yes, state there, there were going to be variations from state to state. Every state was going to have its own laws, its own, you know, whatever. But generally, you would have a thing that could come together and call itself a union. And it seems like there are certain states that are trying to section themselves off and consider themselves not a part of this union. You know, they're, like I said, we probably know somebody who's left New York and New Jersey and gone down to Florida. The yeah. fact of the matter is that there are people who are self-segregating and there are people who are sliding themselves off into these very different sections of the country. And I worry what that does to us culturally as a country and, you know, what it does to the people who are left behind, so to speak, or can't leave those sorts of states. They're subjected to things that we would not want people subjected to. And, and I think that this is going to come to a head. You know, when it comes to his presidential ambitions, you know, it's clear he's running for president at this point because that's what all these culture issue things are meant to do. They're meant to signal to Republican voters across the country. You know, I'm fighting for the latest thing, whatever you're mad about today. That's my fight for you. Mm -hmm. And 
if he was not going to run for president, I, I assume he probably wouldn't be doing things like that. But then again, you have to say he lives in a state where these things are probably very popular. So he's not doing these things in a vacuum. Um, there should be, you know, a way to tell these states, you know, you're not going to endanger the rest of us. You're not going to be able to discriminate just because you're within state lines. You know, just like we had this fight over civil rights, you know, mm -hmm. some states wanted to say, oh, well, in state, it's, it's a state's rights issue and we can do whatever we want in this state. I think as a nation, we have to come together and say there's certain things we're just not going to accept. You know, I think the abortion thing is one of those things. I think Roe v. Wade showed the Republicans that as a nation, we've moved on and most people have accepted that the right to an abortion is a normal thing. You're right. going to have states fighting it, just like you're seeing Ron DeSantis and a whole bunch of other states doing. But I think that it's going to come to a head and there's going to be a point where we say as a nation, we're going to go one way or the other. It's not going to be some states have certain rights and some states have don't have those rights. Yeah. And and, you know, what's scary in regards to the presidential um, inevitability, his presidential run that is going to happen. You had Donald Trump obviously do an incredible amount of damage. Um, and, you know, he's he's an imbecile at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like that, that really he's just somebody who's great at marketing and and, you know, is charismatic to certain people. Ron DeSantis is like Trump 2.0 and is more intelligent, is right. an attorney. Um, he's a veteran. You know, he has all of these different things that check a lot of boxes that Donald Trump did not. You know, um, he doesn't have this history that Donald Trump has of, you know, being this spoon fed rich kid that, you know, so he can. I mean, because Trump was even able to fool the working class middle America that he was one of them. Right. right? right. So DeSantis is is. 2.0 and that's incredibly dangerous because it's actually somebody who can um knows his way around the political landscape and can actually really push things even harder to happen what do you think his his chances are of beating donald trump and in that sense are we all or should we all be incredibly fearful of the fact if he does in fact let's say beat out donald trump for that nomination Right. So I, I agree a lot to the extent that he's more dangerous than Donald Trump because he's the basically the Donald Trump that knows how the government works. The reason sure. that Donald Trump was not as destructive as he ultimately could have been is because you said he's a buffoon. He's never been in government before. He doesn't know how to work the laws and, and things like that to get the results done. So in that yeah. sense, Ron DeSantis is much more dangerous than Donald Trump was. The thing that I come back to is that we're examining the audience that we were talking about in the last segment that with regards to the Fox News story, are right. those people ready to move on from Donald Trump to Ron DeSantis? I haven't seen that evidence yet. Sure. It was actually um, a very famous clip that went viral of a Fox News guy in a diner in Florida who went around asking all these people, who are you going to vote for? There, it was all Republicans. And even a woman in a Ron DeSantis t-shirt says she's going to vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> so personally, I don't see that audience having moved on on from Donald Trump to the extent that they would choose Ron DeSantis over him. Maybe right. it would be smarter for them to maybe if they saw Ron DeSantis as the Donald Trump that could get more done, they might. But I don't see the evidence that they have moved on yet. In all the polls, Donald Trump seems to be leading. And you're talking about within a Republican primary. So these are going to be the most hardcore of hardcore Republicans that are going to vote in a primary. Who sure. are those people going for so far? It could be Ron DeSantis in the future. But to, 
as it stands today, they're still all in for Donald Trump to a large extent. So I don't see Ron DeSantis beating Donald Trump if things keep going the way they're going. Sure, sure. And and I want to get through a couple of different stories out quickly. I do want to get your take because we, we you and I have talked about this on the show before about Biden running again. Mm. There there have he's he obviously publicly has claimed he's going to be running in 2024. Yes. But there recently has been some people like, you know, ha- having hinting at like they've been hearing things behind closed doors that he actually might not be running for uh, a- another term. Um, and I mean, the guy is just fucking old, right? Like the, he's not getting younger. He looks like he's 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 just dwindling away little by little, you know, when you, when you see him and. I'm not trying to get into like an ageist conversation, but there is just a real concern. I mean, you can, you look at the Absolutely. picture of even Obama when he entered office from when he right. left office, right. he aged drastically. The the, right. the that office puts a, a heavy toll on on a human being, and if you are are somebody who is beyond a healthy age to handle that kind of stress and that kind of commitment to a job that takes you all over the place, that is a real concern for for voters. So, I mean, for you. Yeah. What do you think um, about his possibility of running again? And if he doesn't, are the Democrats just going to be scrambling at this point? Okay, so I've had a lot of thoughts on this subject because it's been it's been all over the news. Right. Everybody's speculating about what's going to happen with Biden. I think that if Biden, if they have to weaken at Bernie's his body across (laughs) the finish line, they will do it because. At this point, he's the one who seems most likely to be Trump. You know, he did it already. He got the job done. An incumbent president running for re-election is probably one of the best positions you want to be in running in an election. Incumbency is very powerful. You need a lot of people to be the president. So as an incumbent president running for re-election, that's the best position you want to ever be in because, you know, you come in with such a built-in vote that you're probably going to win. So if they got to carry his corpse across the finish line, they're going to. (laughs) If they can't do that and something were to actually happen to Biden, it's going to be Kamala Harris and and probably Pete Buttigieg as her vice president. And they're going to try to and they're going to basic because the Democratic Party, unfortunately, is not very dynamic and not very, I would say, responsive Mm -hmm. to the voters, unfortunately. Right. So they're going to take the the laziest analysis. They're going to say black woman, gay man. We're good. Mm -hmm. Identity politics. That's going to carry us across the finish line. And that's probably, unfortunately, the most dangerous position you want to be in. I think that ticket is probably even weaker than Hillary Clinton's in 2016. Mm. So, you know, just because people don't want to be told, like, this is who you have to vote for. And then so do it. You know, if you put people in that position, they tend to say no a lot of the time. So hopefully Biden does make it across the finish line, at least to January 20th, 20, whatever, 25 (laughs) has to be. But, you know, I think that if the the Democrats were smarter, they would have a bench bill that they could say, oh, this person's going to be popular enough. You know, there have been some Democrats who want to um, position themselves enough to look serious. And if something were to happen, uh, Newsom out of California, Phil right. Murphy in New Jersey, they've been doing a lot of things nationally to, to a sort of appeal to a, a wider array of people to sort of signal that they might want to run for president. But the Democrats' best, best, best chances at this point are for Biden to survive and to make it to, to November of 2024. Because because an incumbent president, just unless you've done something to mess things up, you usually win. Yeah, it, it's it's an unfortunate truth. And also, the Democrats have nobody to blame but themselves. 
they haven't done shit to prop up the next person. And no. and someone like Kamala Harris is a ghost that nobody ever sees. Um, Pete, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg he's overseen. has dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah like, come on. Like, like you, I, and I like Pete Buttigieg, you know what I mean? But like, just drop the ball, be it the air, South, the debacle with Southwest Airlines. Um, yeah. and, and now with this whole train thing, you know, yeah. taking a week to, to go out there, especially yeah. when you know that that's going to be fucking front page news um, all over that you weren't there, right? Like, right. like, and even if it's like historically his job has not meant that much in this country, you know what I mean? It's like a lower level cabinet position. You have to know it. everything matters at this point and right. all eyes are on you. Right. And yeah, the, the Democrats have just been been slacking. I mean, I, I think there's a younger crop possibly of like a, someone like a Hakeem Jeffries that I think is very charismatic and has um, the kind of you know, not because he's black, but but because of his charisma and, and ability to give a speech like Obama, where he engages you and in the things he says, you can feel it and it's inspiring. Right. Yeah. Um, which the Democratic Party doesn't have many of. Obviously, AOC no. is another one, right. but she's also very polarizing, I think, for anybody who's not super progressive. Right. But 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 outside of that, it's like, man, they've done this. They're doing the same shit. They haven't learned their lesson. There's no immediacy to trying to find the next crop of people. It's it's basically like let's just hope and pray Biden doesn't say anything stupid on television every time he speaks, um, and 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 hopefully, we, like you said, we can just kind of push his corpse across the finish line. Right. Um, at, at this point, it's it's really it's really scary, honestly. I agree, man, and and I would even put it on those people that that we sort of like on the AOCs and the Hakeem Jeffries, like they should be instrumental in bringing in that new generation of people mm. in themselves, right? Like they also yeah. have sort of been sitting on their hands and sort of, sure. you know, comfortable in the positions that they've gotten because it's become so, you know, it's become such a hit. You know, you're talking about probably the two most famous people who are not Joe Biden in the Democratic Party. But, right. you know, they also have to reach back out into the community and to raise up this new proper leadership that's going to replace the old generation. Because we've been talking about this for a long time now. Sure. And I just don't expect that generation to just give it up. You know, Pete Buttigieg is supposed to be a millennial uh, mm-hmm. politician. And, and I think he does sort of more pivot to the older generations. I think that the younger crop has to take a bigger role in bringing in that new generation that's going to replace the old ones because without that it's good we're going to keep seeing the same thing over and over again and i do think that the republicans in fact do a better job of trying to to breed a new generation and keep going what they got going yeah yeah i mean shit they are copying pasting maga candidates left and right you know like they're right. <laughs> they're printing them out like it's like it's nobody's business until that becomes you know uh not a winning strategy for them anymore and they're younger candidates those mega yeah. candidates are younger candidates Yep. Yep. It's 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 scary. Democrats need to get their shit together. Now, la- last thing I want to I want to cover on on the news cycle quickly is I know you have called for Biden to do a student loan forgiveness. You've talked about how he has the power to do so. He did finally do it. And then now he was sued. It's wrapped up in the Supreme Court. Um, you have Democrats, you know, uh, from the House and Senate writing letters and reiterating their support for this. Um you have, unfortunately, rumblings of the conservative leaning, uh, you know, court system, the Supreme Court, um, having skepticism of a broad debt forgiveness. Uh, and, and then also on top of that, you have now this lawsuit happening uh, from a, a refinancing firm, SoFi, yep. um, where they are suing to end the pandemic era pause on student loan payments. What do you think? 
I mean, from a legal perspective, is this dead in the water? Is if, if the Supreme Court does in fact rule against it, is it dead in the water? Um, does is this? Do you think this is actually going to to happen in the way that that we hoped it would? Unfortunately, it's not looking too good, and I'm going to be the first one to say that because this is something that I've talked about a long time, and and we've spoken about it before. There mm-hmm. was another law that the Biden administration could have used to justify this debt forgiveness. And that's the law that they've been using to forgive it so far. For some reason, they chose a different law to do this 20,000 forgiveness. And that, I think, put it in in more jeopardy. And unfortunately, if this goes down, I don't see them trying again. The time to have tried this legally would have been when the Democrats had a majority in both the House and the Senate. They could have potentially passed something to to do this forgiveness but it's not looking good um because of the different law that was used i was skeptical that this going before the conservative supreme court which we've already seen them have some political decisions where it's been seen that they just sided with the republicans it seems that we're in a position where this might happen again now is is it a sure thing no you might have some of the justices especially the chief justice robert who might be that swing vote that that says no maybe you know for whatever reason this law is justifiable but yeah. right now it's not looking too good it's something that I, it's one of those instances again where the democrats have really dropped the ball have not done what they promised that they would do for the american people and i think that ultimately that's going to be to their detriment they could have done something when they had the majority in the house and the senate i believe that the president does have authority to forgive uh, debt in, in a sweeping way in, in ways that have not been done. But unfortunately, if this falls before the Supreme Court, Joe Biden being the person that he is, he's probably going to say, well, we accept the decision and this is not going to happen. And that's going to hurt a lot of people. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and real quick, can you reference, can you break down a little bit what you mean about the law that they chose to reference? Because anybody who's, you know, not an, uh, an attorney probably doesn't understand the idea of like how you're building a case using precedents and previous case law and things like that. Break, break that down a little bit for, for what you mean by that. Sure. So the law that has been used to forget uh, debt since the Trump administration through the Joe Biden administration, these have been m- momentary pauses, has been under a more recent law that I think passed in around 2020 in response to the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. They passed this law and that has so far sets a precedent for this being doable, right? So if you've been doing this and you continue to do this under the same law, then it gets challenged. You have a better legal argument to say, well, it was legal when I was doing it before, so why is it not legal when I'm doing it now? Now, Mm -hmm. what the Biden administration did with specifically this $20,000 forgiveness is they used a different law called the HEROES Act, which was passed, I think, around 2018, if not a little bit earlier than that. But the HEROES Act has language that technically has been used in the past to forgive debt for certain specific groups, but mm-hmm. was not as wide ranging as this program mm. that, that is going before the Supreme Court. So knowing that from the very beginning, I thought that should this be challenged in court, it would not do well because you're using a different legal justification than the legal justification that you already had on your plate. Mm-hmm. And then should this get struck down, it might not be possible to go back and, and use the one that you've been using because you already tried. And that would be like getting another bite at the apple, which which mm. tends to not happen in, in, you know, once you've decided what law you're going to use to do something, you have to stick with that. 
So I thought that this was a bad political mistake from the beginning. But you go, you know, if you're being very cynical, you could say that they never wanted to do it. And this was just sort of like a crumbs being thrown at the people to to get them to vote for the Democrats. And it was never going to pass anyways. Um, And and that's a very cynical view. I would hope to not think that way. But, you know, it's it's not an illegitimate view. Some people could say, well, they knew this was not going to pass. They thought that they get the hype from telling people you're going to get your loan forgiveness. They they get through an election. It doesn't Mm. pass. And and nobody's off on, you know, they're totally off the hook. Um, Unfortunately, there's going to be a reckoning further down the line where all the people who thought they were going to get forgiveness and now have feel like something was taken away from them. Yeah, no, and that, that's a great point. And it'll be interesting also to see what happens with that lawsuit as far as the pandemic era pause. Um, I Judging by the way that they've taken away the extra benefits for for things like food stamps um, from from people, which was instilled over the, the pandemic, um, if that's probably going to end sooner than later, this pause right. on, on student loan payments, um, even though. Since the pandemic, things have gotten more expensive. Housing has gotten more expensive. Uh, jobs are are being taken away, and, and this, that, and the third. Uh, nobody seems to want to take that into consideration. That, um, especially with the food stamps, it's like Absolutely. this is probably ju- the the number that they, this probably at this point just adjusted for inflation. That extra ninety dollars yeah. a month, right? Probably just is the exact same feeling somebody had when they were before the pandemic, just because rent prices and ho- house prices have gone through the roof at this point. But Nobody seems to understand the lo- the simple logic in that, and, and they don't give a fuck enough to to understand it. I guess, unfortunately. No, no, dude. I, and and one thing that people don't really talk about is that we have bubbles going on in this economy. You know, it's very likely that a lot of people adjusted to a new normal of not having this bill on their mm-hmm. uh, budget. And sure. should should it suddenly come back, you might have mass defaults that would be even worse for the economy, just because people don't have the space in their budget to accommodate mm-hmm. a brand new bill and yeah, nobody's really talking about that stuff. But, you know, should should it happen, it's going to affect people in a very negative way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely something to watch. Definitely scary amongst a lot of the things we talked about today. So we got into all the heavy stuff. I just quickly want to touch on a positive thing that's happening within our community. We'll do that in our Mijente segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? 
If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so there is a lot of shit going on in the world, in this country, a lot of heavy things. Um, but also, I, I like to try and talk about the positive as well, honor somebody from our community who's doing something positive. Uh, somebody who is like the it guy of the moment, Pedro Pascal, um, is, is rising to the occasion in the way that I hope anybody from our community or from marginalized community as a whole, when they get a platform, I hope that they they choose to do the same thing with this new power. And, and he's showing his support for the LGBTQ plus community amid all of these sort of anti-trans bills that we've been seeing, anti-drag shows, all the, the nonsense that we've been seeing. And he shared uh, on social media a picture of, um, of, a, of the pride flag waving and said, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. Hashtag LGBTQIA. Now, he is somebody whose uh, sister um, is, is a trans woman. Um, and, and again, this comes during a time when just so far this year, there have been more than 175 anti-LGBTQ plus bills. Um, and they're, they're appearing to be moving forward in 32 states, including 23 that are affecting schools and sports venues. And this is all according to the human rights campaign. Um, and uh, an example is, is even in Tennessee, you had uh, Governor Bill Lee just sign a bill banning drag shows in public places. In Kentucky, House Bill 470 prohibits gender-affirming care for minors under 18 years old. It, it, it's neat. Obviously, like, all of that is really depressing, but like we all have to fucking speak up. Anybody that has a platform has to speak up to the ridiculousness of all that is going on around us right now as these people are senselessly taking target at, at marginalized communities um, just for their own political uh, grandstanding, essentially, right? And right. and I don't know, did you see also, John Stewart has been killing it too. I don't know if you saw that clip that's been going around 
Um, I believe it was a, a congressperson from was it Oklahoma, I believe, where yes. this guy was talking about having how having um, stricter background checks and a system where people register nationally is an infringement upon their First Amendment rights. But banning a drag show in a public space is not an infringement uh, on this artist's right to express themselves. Right. So the hypocrisy that we see and like, thank God, people like him are doing that work and it's going viral and people are getting to see it again. The, the people who need to see it probably aren't. But we all have to kind of do our work because like people are just are are literally fucking crazy and just have no context to what the hell they're talking about and no consistency and they're the ones holding the power in in this country right now as form of, of representation in the government right and and when you have moments like that with john store or with pedro pascal i think that those are the moments that you actually do pierce that polarization that you have going on in the country and that those things do sort of uh permeate into the into the culture generally so i think that those things have have a tremendous power to shape people's ideas and you know you do those things not for the people who are on either side but for the people who are undecided and haven't mm -hmm. heard these things yet you know if somebody who was undecided hears that john stewart clip they're going to say to themselves one of these people makes sense to me and one of these people does not right and and right. if you're if you're watching the last of us or if you've seen any of the sh the mandalorian any of the shows that pedro pascal is on you know, and you hear him affirm people in the LGBTQ community, you might think to yourself, you know, maybe, maybe I want to as well, or maybe this is accepted as well. And and so I think yeah. that those those moments are very beautiful because it brings out the best in humanity. You know, obviously we've seen a lot of stories about, you know, the opposite, mm -hmm. but there are people out there who are trying to make this a better place. And I think we should honor those moments. And, the, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm glad that you have this segment, right? Because mm. for the most part, we don't have positive news we don't see the beautiful things that happen so you know having any person affirm the humanity in somebody else is a beautiful mm -hmm. thing and i think we should have more of that and not less of that absolutely well well said and i think that that sums it all up and last thing i'll say to you because i know you are such an advocate for local government and how important it is to pay attention um so when i moved my my operation to a small town and i have my studio here now my uh my property that i purchased I'm now realizing exactly what you said, because you have people who are literally abusing their power. I'm going through a battle right now with the town over like some zoning bullshit, right? For, mm. for my, my studio. And literally it all started with somebody who was able to personally just call the mayor, a neighbor in the area who was able to personally call the mayor and didn't like what, uh, what I was doing. And now I'm having to go through this battle where I'm going to have to spend the thousands of dollars on attorneys and all these different things and the hours of research um, into showing them that they have no case here. But it's it's to me, it just shows it's like I need to pay the fuck attention when next time I vote, like that I make sure I'm not voting for this guy because he's literally just abusing his power and doing favors for people while hurting the 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 local um, economy, economy that yeah. he's supposed to be building. Like I'm a, I'm a business owner here right. and you I, I pay taxes. I am bringing people in from other towns to come spend money here. They're spending money now at the gas station down the street. Maybe they're buying lunch in the downtown area now that right. they're coming here to my studio. I'm bringing in business for for the, the, the town. And every town relies on their small businesses and their businesses Absolutely. in general, right? Absolutely. Just as much as residences. 
So to me, I, I was just thinking, I was like, Hector was was fucking right. Like, this is so important. I need to be paying attention to this because these people, more so than the president and all that we're talking about, have a direct impact on my quality of life and my ability to um, create the generational wealth that I'm hoping to pass down for for generations. Right, right, bro. And we're going to talk about your town. Wait till we get off camera because I want to yeah. hear about your town because no, man, yeah. listen, we, I've said it many times, you know, your local politicians will have much more of an effect on your daily life. You're finding that out now. But as soon as, you know, people get into paying property taxes, you try to start mm-hmm. a business, you see how these little zoning boards and planning boards can can either make or break your entire life over right. over what, what you said could at many times be something petty or something mm-hmm. that literally has nothing to do with you and your business. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's I can't stress it enough. Like I genuinely you need to be paying attention to that because all the shit that's going on in your town, you should be asking, why are there potholes in the middle mm-hmm. of my street when I'm paying X amount of dollars in taxes and all these different things? Why are there so many vacant and you know a storefronts or buildings that are not kept up with when there are people in charge who are supposed to make sure that uh you know my tax money that i'm paying towards this town is for creating quality of life that i enjoy you know what i mean i'm not i'm not living here for the sake of just living here i want to be able to enjoy my time here as well so yeah i I appreciate all that you talk about with the the local uh you know government and things like that and the importance uh where can people follow you bro and keep up with all that you're doing well, you can find me at Oseguera201, Oseguera201 on IG and most other platforms. I think on Twitter, I'm still 2020 from back in the days because uh, <laughs> going back to the 2020 campaign. Um, but anybody in Hudson County, you have elections coming up uh, this mm. June. So please look into that. Um, countywide elections, like you said, I think we have the most power where we get involved locally. So countywide elections are going to be very big. And I you know, definitely would stress to anybody in Jersey to look out for your local elections. I love it, bro. Well, listen, I appreciate you. Always great getting to catch up. But of course, we'll we'll talk soon. We'll have you on soon, hopefully. No doubt, bro. Always a pleasure. Man, big shout out to my guest today, Hector Oseguera. My guy, always love hearing his perspective. And uh, it's good to have somebody who, who uh, you know, does this for a living at times to break down some of these more complicated things, especially when we talk about like legal jargon and, and how all these court cases are kind of playing out. It's nice to have an attorney uh, on, on the team, it feels like, in the rotation here. And with that said, I want to get y'all's take on one of these topics for I Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca, o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, 
and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For this week's Ask a Gringo segment, I think I fucked up a little bit in the way that I asked it on on social media, right? So I was trying to get everybody's take on the modern day healthcare system and if they're happy with their coverage. And I asked, are you happy with your current healthcare? Why or why not? And seeing some of the responses, I realized that Half of you guys thought I was just talking about in general, like, how are you doing health-wise? Are you exercising and things like that? And a couple of you knew what I was actually talking about when it comes to the healthcare systems. So I, I got a couple of responses like at uh, Dario underscore Valley saying, yes, I show up to the gym three times a week and I actually eat salads now. <laughs> and I was so fucking confused about these answers for a second. And then I reread it and realized, oh, they thought I meant like, how's their health doing? So a couple of you answered that. I'm, I'm happy to hear people are making strides in their health. I, I genuinely am. So there's a win out of that uh, as, as I kind of fumbled a little bit, I think, on uh, the way I proposed today's question. I need to step my healthcare game up a little bit. I think I've been eating decently. This last week, I've been fucking up a little bit. I was hanging out with my parents and they are just not a good influence on me. But but yeah, and I'm excited for the warmer weather here on, on the East Coast so I can just be riding my bike around town, cruising a little bit, get some exercise in that way. Um, but yeah, I'm glad everybody's checking in about their health. Uh, at Def Not Ant actually got the question. He said, uh, fortunately, yes, insurance through tech companies is very good. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I'm happy to hear that. And it's sad that you have to kind of be at one of these elite jobs to feel like you have proper health care. And I think just in general, you know, so many people I know don't have health care. I've gone uh, without health care for long periods of time throughout the course of my life and you know that's a, a scary thing 
I think just in general, the conversation around we just pay too much in this country for our basic needs to be met, right? And that's just really fucked up, especially when you consider we're not even fucking top 50 in healthcare in the world, right? So what are we really paying for at the end of the day? It's just that that American stamp of approval, which sadly tends to be a lot of the case where we, we just think that everything American is superior to anybody in the world because we think nobody else exists. And I think that's the general uh, idea of, of this whole conversation as a whole. Now, with that said, I'm going to try to do better on the next Ask a Gringo when I try to be more direct with the question of asking. But I appreciate y'all for chiming in. Anyway, at DJ Dropbox on Instagram, you want to be a part of these conversations. And with that said, let's tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. All right. So, again, big shout out to Hector Oseguera for hopping on the show. I loved all the conversation we talked about. You know, um, man, these, these American tourists that were kidnapped in Mexico is incredibly sad. And again, the bigger conversation that's happening outside of these tragic, you know, lives that were lost and people who were traumatized, you know, it's, it's the idea of, of medical tourism becoming such a regular thing for people in the U.S. who feel like this is the only way they can afford to take care of themselves. And again, it goes beyond just cosmetic surgery, but there are certain people who are going there for life-saving, um, you know, procedures or procedures that would give them a better quality of life, you know. And it, it, there's really no reason why we should be price gouging our citizens so much in this country. And, and, and big pharma and the hospital system, healthcare system, all should just be ashamed of themselves, honestly. And speaking of people who should be ashamed of themselves, Fox News. This lawsuit, I think, to, to what Hector was talking about, sadly, the people who need to hear it will never get this message. It's never going to get through to them. You know, I would love for it to, but I'm not holding my breath. They believe what they want to believe. They'll deny what they want to deny. They'll call what they want, you know, to call fake news at the end of the day. Even though it's right there, it's in court documents, it's plainly written, you know, it's probably not even going to reach them, uh, especially when you talk about a, a world in like social media where the algorithm just keeps feeding you exactly what you want to see. Um, that's just the nature of the world. And, and these people are, you know, who are extremists, who don't believe in democracy, who want to believe lies and, and conspiracy theories and all types of fraud. I don't know how to reach them. I don't think something like this really changes anything unless like Fox News gets completely shut down and goes out of business, gets bankrupt because of these lawsuits. But even then, they'll come up with some sort of excuse for how the Democrats fall and the Democrats are tyrannical and they're taking over, right? I wish I had a better, more uplifting answer. And DeSantis is a, a scary individual in terms of he's not a complete moron like Donald Trump, yet he's pushing to do all the MAGA things that um, the Trump fan base want to see. We'll see what happens when he announces eventually for his presidential run, if he can beat out Donald Trump. But the crazy shit that he's doing, again, this is just like performance politics, banning certain things, books, drag shows, target of whatever it is that he's targeting. Like these people are just doing this to put themselves on a national stage to get national press coverage so that the Republican base sees them um, as viable candidates. But while doing so, they're playing with the lives of innocent people. And that's what's really fucked up about this. They don't give a shit about the causes that they're, they're getting behind. This is all performative. And they don't care who they have to step on in order to get the attention that they're seeking to win these elections. It's just it's disgusting. And this whole thing with student loan forgiveness, it's still up in the air. We'll see what the Supreme Court ends up ruling. But, you know, it's just sad that people would take issue with trying to help 
better the lives of fellow Americans. Americans who were sold this lie about college and all the doors it's going to open and the types of salaries that would be available for them and now are suffering through um, a housing crisis and inflation and everything above. Like, you know, this generation needs help. We were, we were sold a lie at the end of the day when it comes to college. And it's sad that some people are, are, are again, capitalism at its finest. They just want to make a buck at any cost. They don't care whose life they ruin or who they, whose life they make even harder um, unnecessarily. Now, on a positive side of things, we got to give another shout out to Pedro Pascal. He just keeps killing it, being a great example for for someone who is using their platform for good. And you just love to to see it. I mean, last time we talked about him um, being unapologetically Latino in in SNL. Now him, you know, vocalizing his support for the LGBTQ plus community amidst all of these anti um, LGBTQ plus bills that are happening throughout the country. And and we all need to stand up in that way. And I love seeing people use their platform. To me, that's the only reason why we should have platforms at the end of the day is to do good, to do something good with it, not just be self-serving. Huh, and that's it. Thank y'all so much for hanging out on today's show. My book, Just Be, we're shipping next week. Justbe.nyc. You want to pick that up. I'll be signing the first edition copies. And then after that, I think we're going to hand it over to the distributor. So um, it'll be tough to get a signed copy. So if you want one, justbe.nyc. Go pick that up. Check out the Street Stoke podcast, my other podcast, a daily podcast. I'm really excited about that one. And that's it, man. Have a great weekend. And I will talk to y'all soon. Until then, stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me. 
You won't want to miss this one.